What's up, everybody? My name is Will. Welcome back to Thoughts Account. Play my music, man. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another episode. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for joining me. Now, today, it's part two day. It's time for part two. Now, if you haven't seen part one yet of these mindset shifts, you can go ahead and click over here. It's in the cards. Watch part one first and then come over here to part two. That's that's the order of things, right? But anyway, that's not what you're here for. You already listened or watched the first episode. You're ready for part two. You're ready for these new, fresh mindset shifts. So let's get into it. Now, the first one that we'll start off with is the worst case scenario doesn't happen often, period. But it happens even way less than you think. Now, this points for all, the, all of my... Uh, my overthinkers and my overplanners out there. Um, this is for the people who like to think in or prefer to think in terms of worst case scenario. Now, people who think in worst case scenarios typically are <clears throat> typically try to plan for any situation that could come their way, right? And try to protect themselves, I guess, against the disappointment of bad things happening. However, if you think in this way, it, you're developing a negative centric mindset, right? It's just as likely for things to go really, really good as it is for things to go really, really bad. Um, but more more realistically speaking, the most likely outcome is that it's going to be probably somewhere in the middle, maybe a little bit bad, maybe a little bit good, somewhere in the middle. And planning for that worst case scenario ends up just being a waste of time. Like if you sit there and you're like, oh, well, it could go this bad way, this bad way, this bad way, this bad way. And it goes none of those bad ways. However long you spent planning or thinking for that was just wasted. It was just just thrown away. It could have been spent positively. It could have been spent more productively than um, trying to think of, you know, all the ways that things could go bad. But I think when you get in this habit, and this kind of ties back to part one, thanks for watching that, by the way, uh, <laughs> is that people tend to hang on to the negative. People tend to think a little bit more negatively, um, even if they genuinely want to be positive. Now, I do think this kind of stems from our biological ancestry where... You know, if something bad happened in a certain area, like maybe there was a predator there, then your biological brain will remember that so they know not to go back there and get themselves eaten or whatever the f or whatever. <laughs> or whatever. This actually reminds me of somebody that I used to know um, that would think only in terms of worst case scenarios. And they actually told me, I always think of the worst case scenario so that I'm never sad at the outcome. Because if it was bad, then I totally expected it, totally saw it coming. And if something good happens, then I'm happy because it was way better than I thought it was going to be. And while technically I don't think the logic is that horrible on that, um, I think the practicality is where it kind of falls apart. Like, yes, your emotions are prepared for any situation, but you're also living in a negative space. You're living in self-doubt. You're living in doubt of the situations, which I personally couldn't do. I'm not saying it's not possible, but I also wouldn't really recommend it. It's it's not a very fulfilling place to be, to live in negativity. And unfortunately, that negativity is contagious. If you or the people around you are negative, you'll find that it spreads. Whether it's you to other people or other people to you, negativity spreads. But this is actually a good segue into the next point too, and it's uh, it's this. Where awareness goes, energy flows. And what I mean by that is wherever you put your attention and whatever you put your focus on is how your life is going to go. So if you are constantly thinking happy and being appreciative of the things that you have, you know, expressing gratitude and you're positive and happy and healthy and whatever, uh, you essentially go from watering the weeds to watering the flowers. And 
you'll find that better things happen to you. You'll be happier. You'll find more enrichment and fulfillment out of the things that you do, but also more good things will come towards you. This is essentially the basics of the law of attraction. What you think will happen will happen. If you, if you sit and believe that your life is going to go horribly and bad things happen to you, you're probably going to find that bad things happen to you. If you think you're destined for, destined for failure, if, if you think, you know, nothing's ever going to work out for you, then yeah, it's probably going to go that way because you believe it. But if you instead decide to water the flowers, you believe in yourself and you're confident and you foster good relationships and you know you just do the right thing and you do it positively, then you will also find that energy will flow that way. You'll find that that's what grows. And maybe you guys have heard of the kind of, I guess, cliche or analogy of the two wolves in your mind. You can either choose to feed the negative wolf, that the negative wolf that feeds on negativity and self-doubt and all that kind of stuff, or you can feed the positive wolf. That wolf feeds on confidence and positivity and all that kind of stuff. Which wolf would you actually want to grow? Would you want it to be the one that you... Which wolf do you really want to grow? Because it's going to be the one that you feed. Do you want it to be the negative wolf? Do you want it to be the bad wolf? Or do you want it to be the good one? The one that's positive and happy and confident. So that's that's where awareness goes, energy flows. Remember that. And essentially, that's just a couple fun ways to think about being positive and being happy and grateful. But moving on, this is one of, this is one that I am personally extremely passionate about. And uh, it's trying new things can be an incredibly enriching experience. And the, the main reasoning is this. Imagine that you're like super good at something, right? Like you're just a natural at it. Like you're like essentially like the LeBron of, we'll say soccer. Say you're the LeBron of soccer, but you've never actually played soccer before. You have all the potential. If you actually put in work at soccer, you could be the best soccer player. Like say that that's actually in your realm of possibility, right? Like if you want to be like, okay, say you're David Beckham or whatever, but imagine you never tried playing soccer because you just didn't like trying new things. How, how many great things are you, how many things out there are you just naturally great at that you just haven't tried because you haven't tried new things? That blows me away because if I was actually really, really good at something and I never even found it, oh man, I'd be razzed. But even more than that, like even if you're not the best at something, honestly, just trying something new is usually a pretty fun thing. Whether it's an act, if it's like an activity or a hobby, you may find that you really enjoy it. I, I personally found snowboarding. I'm not the best snowboarder, but I have a ton of fun doing it. And it's led to, you know, me going on trips and traveling the United States to go snowboard. And that's awesome. I, I've, I've loved that whole experience. And I would have never found it if I didn't try something new. Was it difficult at the beginning? Yeah. I ate a lot of crap at the, at the beginning. I was falling down the hill every time I got up there. But now I'm at the point where it's really worth it. And I get to foster some great relationships through the sport of snowboarding. Let me try another analogy with this one for those of you who uh, are not athletes <laughs> or don't really get into sports. Imagine, think of your, uh, think of your favorite food, right? Think of whether, I mean, whether it's cinnamon rolls or the best pizza you've ever had or, you know, dessert, whatever, you know, what I'm, I don't, I guess I don't come up with very good ideas, but you know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Um, But think of your favorite food. Think of it. We were never exposed to it. Think of like, you just didn't have it in your household growing up and you've never seen it. Like there's a lot of types of food that is out there that even I haven't tried yet, but just one that's pretty recent. That's not really groundbreaking. I know this is going to shock some people, but 
uh, I tried a Euro for the first time this past year. Euros are delicious. <laughs> and now I want to go to Greece to get some like real Euros, some like authentic Euros. And I'm like, how many more foods are out there like that, that I just really, really like, but I've never even tried. This isn't about food. Though. <laughs> I guess I can make a whole episode about food, but this is about trying new things. And this is about the fact that is that progress is only found through change, right? So, so perhaps this could be a, honestly a point on its own, but uh, <clears throat> if you're able to actively and confidently try new things, be open-minded, you'll find that that's the only way to progress. You can't get, you can't progress by staying and doing the same thing over and over. Now it can work, but it, you will not progress that way because it's going to give you the same result every time. But having an open mind is actually a superpower in and of itself. Because a lot of people, especially in this day and age, are pretty closed-minded. They only they only think about their own experience and they're not very empathetic. But change genuinely is the only way to progress. You have to change and improve, otherwise you're being stagnant. And if you're resistant to change, that essentially means you're resistant to progress. Oh, we're hitting some deep. Oh, we're hitting some deep points today. That's going to hit some people close to home. Well, I'm going to say it again, though. I'm going to make sure I'm going to use different words to make sure it really hits home. If you're resistant to change, you're resistant to progress. Yeah, let that sink in. Man, I'd be, I'd be spitting on these episodes. <laughs> and this is to make sure we cover all our bases. If you have, If you tried something and it didn't go well or you didn't like it, like, for example, I tried olives disgusting <laughs> just because you have one bad experience trying something new doesn't mean that all new experiences are going to be bad but we're going to finish this episode out with the concept of leverage yeah we're getting to the advanced stuff now the uh the top tier mindset changes and now this concept of leverage is basically um multiplying the force of your work i'm gonna try to keep this simple um and i think i've talked briefly about this before but but this this concept itself is pretty simple in principle, but can be a little bit more difficult when applied practically. You have to be a bit more creative to apply it. Now, in order to make a lot of money, be very successful and increase the amount of work output versus the work input, it requires leverage. And in business, uh, leverage would be capital, people, and um, products with no marginal cost. And what I mean by that is that you can re replicate them many times over without increased cost. And uh, I guess an example, this would be like digital products, media, um, if you software code, um, that kind of stuff can be replicated many times and it doesn't actually require any more money to replicate it. I mean, making a podcast is an example. I can put this podcast out and it can be now on thousands of maybe millions of screens. <laughs> <laughs> millions of screens across the United States and um, it doesn't require me to spend any money, more money or time. I record it one time, I put it on the internet and it can be replicated. Now, these products are essentially the best form of leverage, I think for me, um, because of their ease of use, right? So the other two that I said was capital, which is money. You can't just have more money. You have to go out and make it, which takes time, energy, yada, yada. Uh, and the other one is people. You can have people work for you, but of course, if people work for you, you got to pay them uh, and you need their permission. That's the thing. That's that's kind of with capital too. You need permission for both of those. You need permission for somebody to give you money and 
you need permission for somebody to work for you. We don't do no forced labor out here. <laughs> um, so if you can find a way to utilize leverage in your day-to-day life, you can probably end up um, really impressing either your boss or the people who are consuming that product because, you know, essentially you're, you're taking a very small input and transforming it into a very large output. And this is why I think why you see a large influx of like content creators these days, people on TikTok and YouTube is TikTok took the lever took the leverage of content creating and just spiked it up super high where anybody can essentially go viral now. And uh, this is exactly also what happened with NFTs. I mean, NFTs, you can, how many times, how much does it cost to replicate, you know, an NFT? No, you just make, make the picture and um, it can get replicated many times. Um, and a lot of people made a lot of money off NFTs and I know the market's down right now and I personally wouldn't recommend getting into it, but I'm not a financial guy. So, um, but anyway, we're not talking about NFTs today. We're talking about leverage. And I think if you can utilize this leverage in whatever, um, I think if you can utilize this leverage in whatever, uh, space that you operate in, that is going to be the way that you really, really change your position, change your career, change your path. Um, is the utilization of leverage, but you do got to be a little bit more creative to utilize it, but that's going to take us to the weekly takeaway. This week's weekly takeaway is brainstorm some ideas and some ways that you can implement some of these mindset shifts into your life. Um, it may take time. You're going to have to probably sit down and write some things out, but don't be afraid to go back and rewatch and rethink about it. Even if it's like a week later, and I know it sounds like a, a shameless plug, but I'm more talking about, um, I'm more talking about in a week or in a month, you may be in a different place that you can interact with the material differently and better. If that makes sense. Um, but don't be afraid to go and write things down and take time so that you remember these mindset shifts until they become a part of your routine, essentially. But go get better this week. I believe in you. That's going to do it for this episode. I thank you for listening all the way through. Hope you found something that you can add to your life or the life of somebody around you. Please share this episode so someone else can see and enjoy as well. You know we're building here. A community. <laughs> so like, follow, do like, great stuff. We're making it great. I thank you. I appreciate you. This has been Will with Thoughts That Count. I'll see you next time. That's right, double this time. In case you missed part one, here it is. So you don't have to go back and watch, go and click that card. Look it, I brought it here for you. Here's that video from last week. There's part one. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. See you over there. Love you.